Morning, church. We're in a series called As Is, As Is, and we're talking about how Jesus accepts us as is, and he wants to change us to as his, and we're defining that. And we want to do that, and we'll continue to do that for several weeks. So let me talk to you about this illustration here. I don't know if you see it, but every time there is a presidential election, there are some critical issues critical issues. So, for example, economy usually runs pretty high. This is um, the top issues for voters in the 2020 election. Healthcare's up there, Supreme Court appointments, violent crime, gun policy, immigration, uh, climate change, abortion, and there's people that do surveys. This is Pew Research. Those are critical issues. And sometimes, usually, often, we vote, um, we pick a candidate based on how they feel about critical issues. So this is not a lesson on how to vote. This is not a lesson on being a Democrat or a Republican because one of the critical issues that seems to be at the top of the the research all the time is health care. How is this president going to handle health care? And what are they going to do in reference to Medicare? How are they going to straighten out the health care problem crisis? However you want to define that. And I've got a great idea today. Sometimes it happens. <clears throat> it's called distant health care. Now, you're thinking, Richie, we already have that. You're right, we do. And the pandemic certainly pushed that to the forefront. But I want to talk about things you can get from a distance. Things you can get from a distance. For example, um, look at how far we've come in education. You don't have to leave your house and you can get a GED, a bachelor's, a master's, even a doctorate. You don't even have to go to a university. You can get a degree, a distance degree, in the privacy of your own home. How cool is that? And sometimes the costs are even lower. And you don't have to stay in a dorm. And you don't have to eat that food. And so distance education is a pretty cool thing. Um, When it comes to shopping, we know about that. And we really know about that from COVID. You can buy groceries online. You can Whatever you want to buy online, you can buy. Clothing, you can have a vehicle delivered to the front of your door. So, distant shopping, we're all for that. But let me talk to you about distance health care. So, back in the day, some of you remember when, because um, you're old, um, back in the day, you remember you would call a doctor and the doctor would come to your house. And they always carried that little medical bag. I, I don't know what was in the medical bag that could cure everything, but doctors used to come to your house. My best friend is a doctor, and his dad was a doctor, and his dad was a doctor. So um, my best friend, his dad had one of these medical bags. It was way cool. And I, I don't know what was in it, but he still had his medical bag. And then doctor's visits became, at least to your house, became somewhat obsolete. There are still doctors that make some house calls. But these days, you have to call, and you make an appointment, and you show up, and you go. Now... As you know, the future of healthcare is changing. This distance stuff is still way cool. All you have to do is turn on the TV and you can order any test you want. I don't know the validity of those tests. I don't know the accuracy of those tests. But you can get a test for just about everything. They'll ship it to your house. You do what you do. You send it away and they'll let you know what the result of those tests are. So healthcare is coming a long way. And now, especially um, these days, you can do video visits. I did my first 
video visit not long ago. I had a sinus infection, so I went online, I, I, I logged in and everything, and the nurse came, and she asked me a few questions and said, the doctor will be right with you. And I'm like, this is so cool. I don't have to sit in a snotty waiting room. I don't have to wonder if people are wearing masks in that waiting room. And right when it came time for the doctor to come on, my computer decided to do updates. <laughs> and it shut down. So then they called me, and then they texted me, and I finally got my computer up and running. But seriously, um, these video visits, no, no driving, no sitting in the waiting room, distance, health care from your home or your office. I mean, think about it. You don't have to load up your, your child anymore. You don't have to load up you anymore. You don't have to sit in those waiting rooms anymore. I mean, this, this is a pretty sweet gig for doctors as well. I mean, doctors can start streamlining. They don't have to see sick people in there. I mean, if they're on the golf course, they can just FaceTime you. Hey, this is what you need. If they're on vacation, which would defeat being at the golf course or on vacation. But distance, health care. I mean, let, let's suppose, check this out. Let's suppose you call the doctor and, and you say, my child is sick. And the doctor says, you know, there's no need to bring him in. Your child's going to be fine. You'd be sitting there thinking, now, now wait a minute. You didn't even look at my child. You didn't talk to my child. And you, you said my child's going to be fine. Imagine if the doctor said, your child's going to be fine. Hmm. I mean, can you imagine calling a dentist saying, yeah, I got a problem right here. And they say, you don't have a cavity. Your tooth's going to be fine. Can you imagine calling an orthodontist and, hey, my child, the teeth are really crooked and everything. And the orthodontist said, don't worry about your, your child's teeth. They're going to be straight. They're going to be fine. Hmm. I mean, th this can be really sweet. That You can call up a vet about your pet. You don't have to load up your pet and run all around try to get your pet. And, that, and you just call a vet and the vet says, it's okay, your, your, your pet's going to be just fine. I mean, this distance stuff is really cool. I mean, can you imagine if you have cancer or Parkinson's, or arthritis, or any ailment, and you call the doctor, and the doctor says, okay, as soon as we hang up, you're going to be fine. You're going to be healthy. Hmm. Interesting. Let me show you in our text today, because doctors don't have that kind of power. Oh, they can write you a script, and they can send in for some drugs, but doctors really don't have that power to heal you from a distance. But we do have a great physician who can. So we're going to look in our text today about distance health care, more specifically, distance healing. Here's what we find in John 4. Once more, Jesus visited Cana in Galilee where he had turned the water to wine. Once more. You remember the first visit was in John chapter 2. In John chapter 2, Jesus and his disciples were invited to a wedding and they ran out of wine and Jesus' mother came and he changed water to wine. And we said that if Jesus can change water to wine, imagine what he can do with you and me. Imagine what he can do with our lives. I mean, when, when you talk about water to wine, all of creation answers to Jesus. Everything answers to Jesus. The sun and the moon and the stars, they answer to Jesus. And the trees and the flowers, they answer to Jesus. And water can turn into wine because it answers to Jesus in the same way that we need to answer to Jesus. And so in our first lesson, Jesus changes this water to wine. But once more, 
He's going back to Cana in Galilee. So that's the once more. He was there in John 2. He was there at the wedding. Once more. So here's what's going on in John 4. We're going to be in John 4. You remember John 4. Jesus encountered the woman from Samaria. And he met this woman as is. And we talked about that woman had, had been married five times. She'd been divorced five times. And she's with someone for a sixth time. And Jesus accepted her as is. And Jesus used her and converted her to as his. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of her testimony. Jesus used a five-time divorced woman who's living with her man right now. And many people believed. He accepted her as is. And he talked to her about living water. And many more people became. And so that's the once more. Jesus left and once more He is visiting Cana in Galilee. Here's what's going on. There's a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to Jesus and begged Him to come and heal his son who was close to death. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. So here's what we know just from these verses. In the crowd this day is a royal official. He could have very, been, very well have been an official in Herod's, in Herod's court. So he was probably well off, which means he had a lot of resources, which means he had a lot of money to take care of his son. A royal official coming to a lowly carpenter. But when you're desperate, you do just about anything and go just about anywhere. In the crowd that day was this royal official from Capernaum. Now, if you pull out the maps in the back and you, you check the deal at the bottom, you're going to see Capernaum was about 20 miles away. And you're thinking, 20 miles is nothing. And you're right, 20 miles is nothing to us. We'll jump in the vehicle and we'll drive to see a doctor in Austin or San Antonio or DFW area. We do that all the time. You might jump on a plane to go see a doctor. This guy can't do that. He's 20 miles away. Maybe he jumped in a chariot because he was a royal official. Or more than likely, he walked. He walked 20 miles. 20 miles. And you would have too if your child was sick. This royal official was a father. He traveled 20 miles because he was a father. He traveled 20, 20 miles because he had a son. He traveled 20 miles because his son is close to death. And you would have too. You would have done the same thing. I mean, as a parent, you'll go to any distance to find a doctor, to find a miracle. And if you knew, if you heard that there was someone who would heal your child, you'd go any distance. And you would pay any cost. And that's what this man did. That's what this father did. He spent a lot of money. He's been to every doctor. And so he comes to Cana to see Jesus. You know, I wonder why he came. Well, I know he came because of his son, but I wonder why he came. I mean, maybe he was at the wedding. Maybe he saw what Jesus did. Or maybe he just heard about this miracle worker. Maybe word's getting out about Jesus and he's thinking, Hey, I, I'm going to try anything. So he comes to Cana and he has a son. We don't know the age of the son. We don't know the sickness of the son. We don't know why he's sick, what it is he has. All we know is the sickness has gotten worse. And all we know is the sickness is close to death. What would you do if your child was sick? You'll look... You'll go, you'll do just about anything. So this man comes to Cana to see Jesus. And Scripture says he didn't just ask. He didn't make a simple request. He didn't send a messenger. This guy begs Jesus. He begs Jesus. Wouldn't you? 
I mean, if your child was sick and you've tried everything, wouldn't you beg? Isn't that what we do when someone's in the hospital? Don't we beg Jesus? Isn't that what we do when we hear someone's close to death? Don't we beg Jesus? We do the same thing. Put yourself in this guy's shoes. This man pleads with Jesus. You can hear it in his voice. You can see it in his tears. You can feel it as he goes down on the ground begging Jesus. And he's not just simply asking. He's pleading, you need to come now. You need to come right now. My child's going to die if you don't come right now. Wow. Here's how Jesus responds. Jesus says, you can go. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. Jesus says, you can go. Jesus gives him a yes and a no. He says, yes, I'll heal your son. No, I'm not going with you. Yes, I'll heal your son. No, I'm not going with you. I know you want me to come. I know you need me to come. I know your son's dying. I'm not coming, but I'll heal your son. This royal official made two mistakes. One, he believed Jesus had to go to Capernaum. Two, he believed if his son died, it would be too late. Interesting. Jesus says, you can go. Your son will live. And this man does what Jesus tells him to do. He takes Jesus at his word. And he believed what Jesus said. He believed Jesus when Jesus said, your son will live. And he left. He left without Jesus. He came to see Jesus. And he left without Jesus. That had to be difficult. You know that was difficult. He came to get Jesus. He traveled 20 miles. And he left without Jesus. And here's what happened on the trip home. While he was still on his way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he had inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, The fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and all of his household believed. Isn't that interesting? A couple of application points. The first has to do with distance. We started out talking about distance healthcare. If there's one question that people ask a lot, if there's one question that Christians ask me a lot, it's this Where is God? Where is God when it hurts? Where is God when I'm suffering? Where is God when death comes knocking? Because there seems to be some distance. We feel some distance. Where is God? Because I don't feel like He's here. Where is God? And for some reason, we think that God has to be right here. What was it Thurman said? If you believe God is in the room today, isn't that how we started to worship? He is. He's here. You know, the main reason Jesus came was to remove the distance between us and God. To remove the distance. All that distance that was created because of us. Because of our sin, because of our sickness, 
because of our disease, because of sin. I know we're all interested in our physical health. And we pray to the Lord for our physical health. And we want the Lord to heal us physically. But Jesus' main reason to come had nothing to do with our physical well-being. It was our spiritual sickness that Jesus was interested in. And He came to remove the distance, the sin that separated us and God. Jesus came because we're plagued with this disease called sin. And in essence, think about it. Jesus is telling this man, and he's telling us, I I don't have to be at your house to heal your son. I don't have to physically be in the same room to heal your son. I don't have to walk down there. I don't have to go with you. I don't have to travel 20 miles because distance is not a challenge for Jesus. Think about it. Hebrews says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed by the Word of God. God spoke and the universe came into, came into, the creation just happened because God spoke. So 20 miles means nothing to someone who created a universe. Distance means nothing to Jesus. God is not bound by distance and Jesus came to remove that distance. Check this out. Now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away... You who were at a distance from God, you who because of your sin, because of your as-is, because of your damaged good, because of your flaws, Jesus came to remove that distance. And we've been brought near through the blood of Christ. Jesus came to remove distance. Check this out. You remember the story in in John 11, Lazarus dies? The sisters of of Lazarus sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And on his arrival, Jesus found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And Martha came and said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And we know from John 4 that that's not true. He may have still died, but Jesus didn't have to be there. When they sent word to Jesus, he could have spoke and said, Lazarus is healed. He didn't have to travel that distance. As a matter of fact, if you read in John 11, we're going to look at that in two weeks, this happened so that the glory of God could be revealed. But distance didn't mean anything. But she thought, Jesus, you needed to be here. That distance that we feel like, where's God? Where's God when I'm hurting? Where's God when I'm going through? Where's God when you fill in the blank? God may seem far away to you, And the distance between you and God may seem impossible. But Jesus came to remove that distance between us and God. But I also want to talk to you about doubt. Jesus is not challenged by distance and Jesus is not challenged by doubt. This man took Jesus at his word and departed. We don't know what he knew about Jesus. Maybe he knew Jesus was a miracle worker. Maybe he knew Jesus turned water to wine. Hey, I'll give it a shot. Maybe this guy can heal my son. We don't know what this guy knew about Jesus. But he had every reason to doubt. He had every reason to say, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. My son's going to live and you're not coming with me? He had every reason to doubt. He had every reason not to believe. Jesus put this man in a very critical position. He accepts him as is, and he uses this opportunity to grow his faith, to turn him into as his, as a a follower, as a believer. And this man had to make a decision. Do Do I believe Jesus? Do I trust in Jesus? Do I go home? Or do I stay here and say, okay, I'm I'm just not sure I believe you. 
If you called up a doctor and the doctor said, you're going to be fine, you'd be thinking, not sure I believe you. You call up the great physician and he says, you're going to be fine, are you going to believe him? This guy couldn't see if his son was better. He couldn't pull out a cell phone. He's got to travel 20 miles and the whole time thinking, okay, this guy said my son's going to be better. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't understand how this is going to work. But Jesus takes his doubt and turns him into as his because Jesus can take doubt and turn it into belief. Listen, when it comes to doubts, you're not the first person God's encountered who has had doubts. Start in Genesis, and the whole book is full of people who have had doubts and questions and wondered about this distance between us and God. Of people who had to make a decision. Do I believe God? Do I trust Him? Do I take Him at His word? This man takes Jesus at His word. He comes to Jesus as is, with all of His damaged goods, with all of His flaws, with all of His doubts, and no doubt he had doubts, and he leaves as his. He believes in Jesus. He trusts in Jesus enough that he leaves. And we need to do the same thing. When Jesus says something, we need to believe it. We used to be a people of the book, which means we believed the book. Which means we read the book, and we believed the book, and we followed the book. We listened to the word, we believed the word, we followed the word, just like this guy did. This royal official had to make a critical decision, just like we do today. The critical decision is, do you continue to doubt, or do you take Jesus at His word? We sing this song. He's able. He's more than able to accomplish what concerns me today. He's able, more than able, to handle anything that comes my way. He's able, more than able, to do much more than I could ever dream. He's able, more than able... To make me what he wants me to be. It's a cool song. It's a great song. I love singing that song. Do we believe that song? Because if we believe that song, then we're going to believe that Jesus is able, that no matter what comes our way, Jesus is able, in the midst of all of my as-is, in the midst of my doubts, in the midst of my questions, in the midst of my wondering, where is God? And why did God not? And how come God didn't? He's able. We need to believe those words and take Jesus at His word. The good news today is Jesus accepts us as is. You may be thinking, you know, I don't know a whole lot of Bible. You know, I, I got a lot of questions. You know, I'm just not sure if God is. I mean, our, our country is so messed up right now and the tension and all, all of the political and just this virus and the pandemic and, 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 and the wars. And I just, I just don't know if I can believe Jesus right now. Jesus accepts us as is, and He sent His Son to remove the distance between us and God, and He wants to turn us into as His. Listen, Jesus knows everything about you. If you're thinking, I don't know if Jesus will accept me, He already knows everything about you. Oh Lord, you've searched me, and you know me, and you know when I sit and when I rise. And Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even though there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. And you're thinking, I just don't know if Jesus will accept me as is. He created you. He knows everything about you, and He will accept you as is. God knows everything about me and you, and He's not going to leave us there. He wants to turn us into as His. Now, 
If you think the distance between you and God is just too much, I've sinned too much, I doubt too much, I got too many questions. We showed this last week. This is the distance Jesus traveled to remove any of your doubts, to remove any of your questions. How far will God go to remove that distance? This is the distance Jesus traveled. And He accepts us as is in the midst of all of our flaws, in the midst of our wondering what Jesus can and can't do. He accepts us as is. Now, how does He transform us? We're going to talk about this next week in a lot more detail. But He transforms us through a new birth. Through a new birth. So if you want to read John 3 about Nicodemus in the new birth, we're going to talk about that next week. But we've been buried with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, that distance Jesus traveled, when we're buried and we're raised just like Jesus was on the cross and He was buried and He was raised, that's what this liquid grave is all about, and we come out as a new creation, a new way of life. We come out as His. That's why we're called Christians. That's why we're called Christ followers. So listen, I, I, don't, I don't know where you are with God today. And you may be thinking, God's, God doesn't want to have anything to do with me. God is so far away. I don't even know if God's listening. I want you to know today that God is right here. He's never left you. Because God traveled to the cross to remove the distance. If you need to respond to the invitation today, please do so as we stand and sing.